Welcome to Etchimon with Willis and Alex. Hey guys, welcome to Etchimon. My name is Willis. So I'm joined by Alex as usual. Hey Alex. Hey Willis. Hi everyone. Good to be back. <laughs> it definitely is. And I'm so excited to be sharing with you a little Christmas and New Year special mini episode to recap the year that we've had so far, as well as to prepare to kick off the new year ahead with Echimon. So thanks so much for joining us. And why don't we take the opportunity now to just thank our audience. We are so, so grateful for our audience who have been tuning in to our podcast over the past year and a bit. It's been such a privilege and a joy to know that people have been tuning in and to just be able to, yeah, whether they be friends of Alex's or friends of mine or even people that we both don't know that well. We're just so grateful. We hope that we'll be able to continue to share something that really inspires us, that being the Bible and particularly just our love of words as well. And we hope that that will also be an infectious love for those in our audience as well. So thank you and welcome to our little Christmas New Year special. So Alex, I guess the two things that we were keen to be doing in this little Christmas and New Year special was, first of all, just to talk about Christmas, and then second of all, to talk about plans for the new year. So why don't we kick off with the Christmas part? And let me ask you, Alex, what do you do for Christmas? I think if you know me reasonably well, it's actually not a huge part of my experience or household festivities. In some way, it is very important to me because of spiritual significance, but in terms of cultural observance is very minimal. Yeah, we maybe have a bit of a more special lunch than usual and some nominal gift giving and that sort of thing, but it's fairly low key. Did you have a Christmas lunch or nominal gift giving this year? We did. We had turkey. My mum, I think as she did her shopping at Kmart, got me some nominal gifts i didn't get anyone gifts <laughs> my sister gave my mum a gift but she i didn't get a gift from my sister <laughs> pretty low-key in its own way it still sounds very wholesome and cool what about you i know you have had a, a an annual tradition of having a lot of people over which is yes <laughs> it's a bit yeah i think in contrast to what you just shared it's a bit bombastic very wild and jubilant but anyway, it is that. My wonderful mum puts on a massive Christmas feast of sorts every Christmas night. And just the whole works. Got your potato salad, your turkey, your ham, the seafood, pasta, potato bake, dessert, fruit punch, the whole work. So For 15 um, people, apparently, right? We had 15 people over this year, which is, I think, our biggest yet. They consist of one close family friend of my mum and dad's and their daughter. And then seven of my friends also joined this year. And then this combined with me and my younger brother makes 15 in total. And also mum, dad and my grandpa. So yeah, a big mum just pulled out all the stops and did amazingly there. Just a great time enjoying celebrating a holiday that means a lot to, to me and my family, particularly mum and dad as fellow Christians as well. And really great vibes. We have a Christmas tree too. I think this is one that my grandpa had back in Hong Kong and he had it shipped over to Canberra when he moved over. So fun fact there, one of the few items that we did ship over. Mum, dad and my grandpa came along with me to my church in the morning on Christmas Day as well, which was great to hear and just celebrate 
together with fellow Christians a bit about what Christmas means to us. So that was awesome too. I think it's a great and nice contrast, our two Christmases. My one, at times I feel is a bit too over the top. Yeah, tell us your Christmas traditions. Share it with us in the comments to our podcast. If the um attached, form. yeah, but you can the send us a message form. on Facebook. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> I think it's just a festive time of year, so I love it. But furthermore, I thought it would be fun, given that we are a etymology big word for just like origins of words um type podcasts. Let's look into the etymology or just fun things etymology related with Christmas. I don't know if it's surprising or not, but the word Christmas isn't in the Bible. It's made up of the word Christ and mass. And I think that just kind of came together. But yeah, that is I quite think surprising. Sort of, yeah. Is it? I don't know. I, I don't know if, if you're not from that religious background. I wonder if it is surprising. Um yeah, like I think for the first yeah. Two or three centuries in Christian history, people did not celebrate the birth of Jesus. Like, I think probably they celebrated the death of Jesus, interestingly, maybe. But yeah, Christmas wasn't an established festival for a while. One fun fact, or maybe not that fun, but is that the common abbreviation for Christmas, Xmas, I was told that, oh, you know, it's just anti-Christians trying to get rid of the Christ in Christmas. But (laughs) apparently the more historical explanation for that is that the X simply stands for Christ, stands for first letter of Christ in Greek, Christos. So that's what the New Testament is written in. Yeah, I was thinking like maybe the X was sort of like a slightly rotated cross or something. You're going to share something like that. But no, the ancient Greek origins sounds a lot more plausible and cool. So furthermore, with Christmas and stuff, just have a quick share as well what Christmas means for us as Christians. And what do you like about it personally as well, Alex? Take it away. I'm a fan of Christmas songs like carols usually. I do like a good carol as well. What's your favourite, by the way? Not all answers are correct, by the way, so be careful. Oh, okay. Oh, interesting. Uh, For a while, it was Hark the Herald. (laughs) Okay, acceptable. acceptable. Um, And then, like, over the course of this year, I've been getting into A Little Town of Bethlehem. Okay, you gave fantastic answers. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Uh, What about you? Yeah, I, I think I A Little Town of Bethlehem first came into prominence in my own little headspace myself when I think Queen Elizabeth, the now deceased Queen Elizabeth, quoted it in a Christmas address last year. I think she finished her Christmas address by quoting that song. I think it's the line, the hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight, which was just, I don't know, yeah, pretty cool line. The thee being Jesus, of course. Do you like Half the Herald as well? Oh, Come All You Faithful has also risen in prominence in my own rankings. It's a bit of a normie answer because I think a lot of Christians also appreciate it for its very deep theological lyrics. Particularly, I think the third or the fourth verse talks about, yeah, just a very famous passage about Jesus being the word of the Father, the word of God. Just a very famous passage from the Gospel of John. I think the top one for me, though, however, is Oh Holy Night. I Perhaps not so much for the lyrics, but I just have always enjoyed annoying my family by trying to sing the chorus. Because my voice isn't great at the best of times, it gets quite cracked when you get to the peaks of the melody in the chorus of Oh Holy Night. I will not reciprocate it now. I think it might get removed from Spotify. But yes, that is also a fan favourite of mine. But also, okay, the first part of the question, what does Christmas mean for Christians, Alex? And maybe we can share a bit about that as well. That is a good question. Can't speak for about 2 billion Christians or however there are. We heard yeah. there's so a maybe, core maybe we'll, still. We'll, a core, yeah, the a core, core thing, shared. Yeah, I, yeah. Think, I think one of the core things that hundreds of millions of Christians would agree on is that it's the idea of God 
coming to be with us, which is, I was looking through this pretty anti-Christian article by some secularist who was like, oh, you know, there are these Christmas carols with bizarre theology in them, right? As you were saying before, the whole idea of, um, you know, somehow God is coming in the shape of a man or whatever and something like really strange like that. And mm. well, so be it. That is certainly one of the things about Christianity that makes it stand out. The idea that like God is humbling and kind of really showing his identification with his people, that he would come to live and, and be among his people and to really experience our lives. So in many ways, Jesus knows what it feels like to be human, our emotions and things like that. I think that there's a message of comfort and hope that this is the one, the person who will also go on to save us, save us from ourselves, save us from our sins. Mm, for sure. I'm just reminded of, I think one of the lesser known carols, but I think it's still fairly out there. I think it's called O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. But Emmanuel just means God with us. And I think that just shapes the heart of why Christians do celebrate Christmas. As Chedoe, it isn't in the Bible, so it is a bit of a made-up excuse to celebrate, perhaps. But um, I think the reason why Christians do celebrate it, even though it isn't directly in the Bible, is because it's a time to just celebrate and remember the fact that God has become man has become flesh in the person of Jesus to dwell amongst us and to save us. That's why it's such a festive and joyful time for, for Christians. And obviously in Australia, as a country with Christian foundations, some of that still seeps through the very fabric of our society, if I can be a bit philosophical there. So Merry Christmas, a belated Merry Christmas to our audience. And feel free to ask us any questions if you like further on about Christmas too. Let's move on now to our second part of the name of our episode, which is on the new year. And we just wanted to take this time to, first of all, reflect a bit about the life of Etchemont thus far, and particularly how we're keen to improve it in the year ahead. Alex, how have you found the life of Etchemont so far and things we're keen to improve or take with Etchemont in the year ahead? I would be keen to do it more consistently. Hopefully mm -hmm. we can have regular episodes about once a month. Let's just lock um, that in a stone. We're keen to share a tentative commitment to release monthly episodes in the year ahead. So stay tuned for a monthly pop-up if you are subscribed to us for the future. And thank you for bearing with us in our more inconsistent periods in the life of Etchimon so far too. I just want to have an open invitation to, if you've listened this far, been one of our more dedicated listeners and we would really appreciate your feedback and ideas. 100%. One of the things a friend of mine has requested in the past is that we do be a bit more personal with each other and so that you get to know more about us hosts although we're still a bit confused by that because we're both convinced our lives aren't particularly interesting but yes we continue to feed through the feedback and we're really keen to try and incorporate and implement that to the extent that we can reflections on the life of Etchimon generally things that you've enjoyed so far while recording the podcast Alex I think I have personally enjoyed learning about random things in the bible I guess maybe we've both surprised ourselves as to how many random phrases in English may have these tangential links to um, a book which is often seen as irrelevant and out of mm. date in our society. Any highlight words that you've enjoyed so far? Highlight words? Well, have to get back to me on that one. I always get embarrassed when some friends who listen remember more words that have been covered in our podcast than I do myself. So yeah, some of the recent ones I particularly enjoyed, like Labour of Love, I remember enjoying quite a bit. Also, Pearls Before Swine was a fun episode too. So those are a couple for me. But yeah, let us know also, our viewers, what you've enjoyed 
the most, which episodes have stood out to you? I like Go the Extra Mile and then the other related ones. I think just nice. because they're so common and mm-hmm. put words in one's mouth, I think, as well, because it's so obscure, but a reasonably common phrase as well. That's true. Oh, and I might just rub it in. Yes, I really enjoyed the 11th hour episode because Alex was so convinced that it wasn't used. And then right after we released it, we just got a bunch of ABC News articles that were using that phrase over and over again. So I think the particular in-your-face type of favourite, yes, that would be it for me too. Alex is not in agreement. Sorry. Yeah, I I guess it's one of those things where it's... (laughs) Like they say, yeah. when you learn a new word, you kind of see it pop up over and over again. And it's like, that is oh, true. That is true. never thought that the 11th hour was a common used phrase, but <laughs> yeah. here it is. You know? Yeah. yeah. And it, go- it goes both ways. I think likewise, there have been words that Alex has been super interested in, which I wasn't aware of myself was a thing. And then you start seeing more and more of as you keep an eye out for it. So yeah, cool. At the very least, our vocabulary has increased. Thanks so much once again to our audience and viewers for tuning in. We're excited to be continuing to just journey with you in our little project and at a more regular pace for the new year, as we've discussed in this episode as well. Thank you once again. This is Alex and Willis checking out. (music) 